Hello, everyone. This is the Good Sam podcast from Good Sam Church and School, Good Samaritan Church and School in Las Vegas. I'm Pastor Scott, and with me is... Pastor Don. Good to have you guys with us again. If you didn't hear our little uh, episode about what Lent is, um, we'll just give you a brief introduction and say that it's the season leading up to Easter, and it's a time when we take a little... Uh, more concerted effort to dig deeper into our faith. Not that that's the only time you can do it, but right. one of the ways we wanted to do that was with our new sermon series, and Pastor Don's kicked it off, and that's the focus of this podcast. We're looking at questions Jesus asked. Right. We're going to be doing that each week, except Palm Sunday, when our service will be a little bit different. So we're going to have five weeks of digging into some of the key questions that Jesus asked either his disciples or people around him. And Pastor Scott, you're actually doing one on Easter. Yeah. One of the key questions that Jesus asks when the, the women go to the tomb. Yeah. Who are you looking for? <laughs> Who are you looking for? That, I think on Easter, that's yeah. actually a really yeah. good... Are you looking for the Easter bunny? That's are right. you looking for... What are you looking at? Who that's are you right. looking for? So. Well, thank you. You just gave me some ideas so, <laughs> so. Uh, since I haven't written that yet. But, um, anyway, we're, we hope that this is going to be helpful to you. And one of the things we said as we were publicizing the sermon series within our church community, but for you too, is that we're, we're a kind of church that says it's okay to ask questions. Absolutely. And um, Jesus, I think God can handle them, and Jesus asked them. Here's the thing. We, our faith is strong enough to say that if you ask the questions, it isn't going to drive you away from your faith. Yeah. We believe in what we believe in strongly enough to say that if you ask the questions, you're actually going to find answers that are going to bring you closer to Christ. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So the question you started out with, and and I think it's a very appropriate place to start mm -hmm. uh, with this series, was what question, Pastor Don? It actually comes from Matthew 16. Um, I'm going to... There's the story is a little bit bigger than these verses, but I'm going to give you the key verses around it, 15 through 17. Uh, Jesus asked his disciples, Who do you say that I am? And Peter answers, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replies, You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. So that's where the question comes from. But who do you say that I am? Now we're going to say a little bit more about that as we... We kind of get in this because what's going on here in Matthew 16 is Jesus is spending some important time with his disciples in this place called Caesarea Philippi. Why is that important to know that you're there in Caesarea Philippi? Well, Caesarea Philippi is one of the northernmost cities kind of at the, at the top of the kingdom of Israel. It was very much a crossroads of of major roads in the area, but also of civilizations. You could find Greek temples there. You could find Roman temples there. You could mm. find worship to the Egyptian gods, uh, even to like Baal and some of the, the Philistinian gods. And then, of course, there were Jewish temples there as well. And so when Jesus asks, before this question, he asks the disciples, who do people say that I am? In other words, he's trying to get them to think. So here we are in this very... Uh, religious place of all these different religions what are you hearing about me and then some say people are saying well some say you're John Baptist others say you're Elijah Jeremiah Elijah Jeremiah that's a big deal those were two of the greatest prophets of the Old Testament so to for them to say that here's people are saying that you're Elijah or Jeremiah is is like saying people think you're pretty amazing you're you're all that in a bag of chips 
<laughs> and but then I think Jesus does this because he wants to get them thinking about this in a global way, but then he gets very personal, right? And he says, but you, who do you say that I am? And uh, I kind of mentioned this in my sermon. I think it's pretty funny. I bet there's this awkward, long pause, the same way there is when Pastor Scott or I ask the people in church a question during one of the sermons. Yeah. And it always takes that one person a little bit of courage, the time to work up the courage to give the answer. Well, Peter's probably the most bold of all the disciples. And he says, well, uh, you're the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And I'm sure he just blurts it out. Uh, and that's when Jesus tells him that he's blessed, that, that God has revealed the right answer to him. Hmm. And so, Pastor Scott, there are, I think, within this, this particular lesson, there are three important things that we should realize before we kind of get to some of the, the more personal life application types of things. And the one is the human categories, even ones as grand as Elijah and Jeremiah, are just not enough to describe Jesus, right? He wasn't a prophet. He was so much more than that. Human categories fall short. The second thing is exactly what Jesus did. He made it personal. And if we really want to get into a relationship with Jesus, we need to make it personal, right? Our discovery of Jesus must be a personal discovery. But you, who do you say that I am? And that's a great question for you guys yep. that are listening. You know, if you, who would you say Jesus is? Who is Jesus to you? Because sometimes I hear people say, well, he was a great teacher. Right. You know, and that's it. Right. But I don't think that's it. It isn't. Because that kind of leads into the third point is Christianity is so much more than having an intellectual understanding of Jesus. The way I put it in the sermon was Christianity never consists in knowing about Jesus, but rather in knowing Jesus. The devil knew who Jesus was. There are lots of people that are not Christians in this world that have a lot of intellectual understanding of Jesus. But it is when you make that long 15-inch journey from your head to your heart that your that faith begins to bloom and to grow. Um, and so I think that's important for us to, to get that. So to know that human categories, even the highest, are inadequate to describe Jesus. Our discovery of Jesus must be a personal one. And Christianity never consists in knowing about Jesus, but rather in knowing Jesus. All right. So let's dig more into that right in just a second. All right, Pastor Don, let's dig into this right yeah. now. Let's take us there, man. Let's go. So, if we are brothers and sisters in Christ of Peter, and we have a similar answer to Peter, there's some things that we have to know. Who we say that God is, by our words and our actions, makes a huge difference in how we live our lives. Answering this question should affect how you live your life. And how you answer that question will affect how you live your life. There are a lot of people that want to claim that Jesus was just a great teacher. I get that a lot. I mean, I, you know, when I talk to some of my non-Christian friends, um, oh, I believe in Jesus. I just don't think he was God. Yeah. Right. I understand that. But Jesus doesn't give us that luxury. Let me give you a couple of the scriptures. Obviously, the one we read today. Blessed are you, Peter, 
right? Because my God, my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. I mean, that's basically saying, Peter, you're right. Yep. I am the Messiah. I yeah. am the Messiah, exactly. Luke 4.21. Jesus is in the synagogue. He's reading some texts from the Old Testament scriptures. And these, these scriptures are talking about the coming Messiah, right? And at the end of reading those scriptures and teaching and kind of unpacking the scriptures in the synagogue, Jesus says these words in Luke 4.21. The scripture you just heard has been fulfilled this very day that doesn't sound like there's a lot of wiggle room yep. in there and then once again in john 4 25 through 26 so we got luke 4 21 now we got luke john 4 25 through 26 he's talking to the samaritan woman at the well they're talking about a lot of religious things um and they begin to talk about the coming messiah and she says something like well i know that one day the messiah is coming the one who is called the christ and when he comes, he will explain all of these things that we are talking about to, to us. And Jesus says to her these very clear words, I am the Messiah. Hmm. There is no wiggle room in that. So what gives? How could Jesus make such claims? Um, and yet so many people think that, well, he was just a great teacher. Um, he was a prophet. Uh, and this is where I want to introduce you to something. I think this is one of my favorite arguments from one of my favorite authors, C.S. Lewis. Some of you might know C.S. Lewis. What else has he written? You know. Uh, Chronicles of Narnia. Chronicles of Narnia. A lot of people know him from that. But actually, believe it or not, he was a very deep philosophical thinker. He was actually a non-Christian yep. before he began to explore this idea of Christianity. And once again, there's that thing about asking questions. And in the midst of asking a bunch of questions, he began to realize... The scriptures were true and so he kind of came around to becoming a Christian and believing in Christ and w what I love about that is I mean here's this very learned guy very learned who was willing to ask questions but you know to dig into it yeah I, and that's why it's okay to ask the questions right and then but you but I love where he takes us so yeah. take us there you know what can I back up because yeah. I think yeah. a lot of times people they they will use questions as an excuse to not believe, but they don't dig into the answers. Yep. They'll be like, well, I don't understand why bad things happen, right. and so I'm not going to believe. You know, if there was really a God, he was an all-good God, bad things wouldn't happen in the world. Yeah. Well, you got to dig into that question a little bit, because if you dig in deeply enough, you can find answers to that. But it's just, when you surface skim the questions, uh, you're just basically using it as an excuse. Yeah. To not want to know God. Yeah. My, right. my, my quick response is, it's not heaven. <laughs> we're, we're not in heaven yet. Right, yeah. right. And it's a but, broken world. Bad yeah. things happen. But anyway, I digress. So I want to get back to C.S. Lewis. Yep. Because he, he did the hard work of asking the hard questions and, and, and led him to a faith in Christ. And he has this wonderful argument called liar, lunatic, or Lord. And it goes something like this. It starts with this premise. So listen to this. He says, Let us not come up with any patronizing nonsense about Jesus being a great human teacher. He has not left that option open to us, and he never intended to. Hmm. And then his argument goes something like this. If Jesus claims to be God, and yet, and, and we saw in the scriptures, he does claim to be God. Yep. Right. He does it over and over again. I just gave you three examples. There are others, but... If he claims to be God, and yet he is not in fact God, then he must be a lunatic. Hmm. Wow. Right? 
And then he must just be off his rocker. And, and, and people have seen folks out there who are on the street corners. They say they're Jesus or they say they're right. God. And, so, and we would call them lunatics. There are lots of mental health facilities right. that are filled with people who think they are God. Exactly. Right? So he goes on to claim, so it, but say he's not a lunatic, but he's not who he claims to be. So if he's not a lunatic and he's not the Lord, then he must be a liar. Hmm. He must just be lying. Right? And maybe he's lying to get followers, to become popular. Who knows why he's lying? He says, really, in, in most common sense, says you can only choose one of these three possibilities. Lunatic, liar, or Lord. Now, if you don't believe that he's God, then he must be a lunatic or he must be a liar. So the point is not to prove that Jesus is the Son of God. All we have to find out is if he's a liar or a lunatic. And then he goes on, and it, he really unpacks this really well in his um, Mere Christianity book, where he goes, well, let's think about how a liar behaves. Let's think about how a lunatic behaves. Right? And then let's look at the life of Jesus. Jesus did not act like a lunatic. He had loyal, devoted, loving followers. Most lunatics cannot hold yeah. and keep, maybe for a short period of time, but remember, he had these followers for three years. Exactly. Now, if he was just simply a very good liar, then when he died, his lie would have blown up. His disciples would have left. They would have fled. Their lives are in danger. They knew it was a big lie. Boom, he's gone. And, and, and all these stories they made up of seeing him after he, you know, after he died and he came back from the dead, why would they make those stories up? We weren't planning on doing this, but if I can interrupt. Sure. Charles Colson used to be the uh, counsel to President Nixon and then became a Christian in prison. Mm -hmm. And it fits with what you're saying because people said, how could you prove that Jesus is real? And he said, listen, he said, uh, when everything started falling apart with Watergate, people started coming clean. And he said, there is no way 12 people are going to follow Jesus if he was lying and right. stuff. They would have been gone. They would have been gone because they would have known it was a lie. And here's exactly. the thing. They all died for that lie. Yep. You might keep a lie going for a while, but when it's not benefiting you anymore, <laughs> you're, you're not going to keep doing it. You're done. And, and Peter died. John died. I mean, Thomas died. They Every disciple died one way or another yep. for that lie. Yeah. So here's the thing. So if he's not a lunatic and he's not a liar and he claims to be the Messiah, then he must be who he says he is. And that's kind of C.S. Lewis's argument. If you want to get more into that, get the book, Mere Christianity. There's an entire chapter devoted to that particular argument. It's a great one. Um, so a lot of people get confused about that, but that really is not a place that we can go with who Jesus is. He doesn't leave us the option of being just a great teacher. I like, Pastor Don, how you kind of unpacked uh, C.S. Lewis's argument, uh, lunatic liar or Lord. But now, for the people that are listening, how does this apply to them? I mean, how are they going to take this and get some meaning out of it for their own lives? Well, I'm glad you asked that because... I've just given people a lot of intellectual food, but here at Good Samaritan, we want to make sure that we make that journey from the head to the heart. And so here's why I think this is important, that we understand that Jesus is more than a great prophet, more than a good teacher. And this is why. Because we need more than a God who just looks nice, but who does little. We need to know deep in our hearts that Jesus is who he claimed to be. 
And here's really kind of the, one of the first main points that I think we, why we need to know this. We need a big God because this world has big issues. Hmm. Say, that, say that again. We need a big God because this world has big issues, big difficulties, yeah. if you will. Yeah. And we need to know that we have more than just a good teacher, more than a kindly grandfather or this a little pie-in-the-sky God. We need someone to know that there... We need to believe in a God who has power, right? Philippians 4.13, beautiful verse. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Well, if Christ is not God then where's the strength? Exactly. He's just an idea. Yep. And there's not real power there. Yeah, I, a good teacher isn't going to help you do all things. <laughs> no. A good teacher isn't going to strengthen your soul. Right. A good teacher isn't going to take you to heaven when you die. Right. right. Counselors comfort you in the storm, but you need a God who can still the storm. Friends can hold your hand at your deathbed, but you need a Savior who has defeated death and the grave and promises to prepare a place for you to take you to the place that he's prepared because death does not have power over him. So to understand that God is more than a teacher and that he is the Messiah is important for us to know that God has power. And I would say the second thing is why this is important is because we need a firm foundation hmm. in an ever-changing world. Now, hmm. Pastor Scott, I don't know about you, but we're one year into a pandemic. Yep. How have you been feeling over this last year? Oh, I've been fine. <laughs> nothing, nothing has changed. Nothing. Everything's cool and calm, and you know, yeah, it's been crazy. Yeah, uh, it's been crazy, and um, you know, we we don't know what the future holds. We don't. Obviously, we didn't see this one coming a year ago. Yeah, and um, who knows what tomorrow brings? As a leader of a church, it feels like we're just constantly on this shifting sand. Yeah. I mean. We had to change the way we did worship. We've had to add things, take away things. Uh, can we go to restaurants? Can we not go to restaurants? Uh, when can we start to travel? Can we not travel? When can we see our loved ones? It's just constantly shifting. Yep. And in a, in a time where so much is shifting around us, we need a foundation. Yeah. And when, when Jesus is the Messiah, we have that foundation. Hebrews 13.8 says these great words. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever everything might be changing around you Jesus doesn't change uh, in Jesus we have that firm foundation that will support and strengthen us uh, Peter right, the same one who claimed you are the Messiah the son of the living God says these words in his kindness God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Jesus and look at this listen to these words he will restore you he will support you. He will strengthen you. And he will place you on a firm foundation. Right. We need that firm foundation. You don't need what Dorothy found in the Wizard of Oz. Remember after getting to the end, what she found was, a, was <laughs> a, just a, a wizard with nothing but smoke and mirrors and tin drum thunder, but no real power. Don't need that. No. We need more than a moral teaching or a prophet. We need a Messiah, the Son of the living God. We need a God who can put 100 billion stars in a galaxy and 100 billion galaxies in the universe. We need a God who can shape two fists of flesh into 75 to 100 billion nerve cells with 10,000 connections each, place it in the skull, and call it a brain. 
Right? We need that kind of a God. One that loves us unconditionally, but also one who is powerful. And in Jesus, you have both. So let me leave you guys with a question today. Who do you say that Jesus is? No one can answer this question for you. You can't pull the crowd and go with the largest response. This is a personal question for you who are listening. This question you must answer. And that answer is going to affect your life. It's going to direct the path of your faith in powerful ways. Think about it. Answer it. And I hope and I pray that your answer will mirror Peter's answer. Thank you, Pastor Don. So who do you say that Jesus is? It's a great question. Jesus asked it of the disciples and I would say I think he asks it of us as well. And so we pray that during your Lenten journey that you'll think about and pray about and grow in your faith as you answer that question for yourself too. And let Jesus be that firm foundation for your life exactly. in an ever-changing world. Exactly. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Good Sam podcast from Good Samaritan Church and School in Southwest Las Vegas. We're glad to have you here and uh, share the podcast with your friends and always feel free too to go to our website goodsamlv.com where you can find more information about our church and access some of the things we're doing online as well and if you live in the las vegas area or are visiting here always feel free to come and worship with us in person as well god bless each and every one of you god bless you everyone